You may be seated. We're going to start with a video uh, this morning. I'm sure most of you have seen uh, that video or one like it several times uh, this week. It took place in France. A little boy was dangling from a balcony five stories up while a frightened crowd stood around yelling and then later cheering. This brave young man saw the uh, little boy and in an instant he began his climb to rescue this little guy. And it took him all of 30 seconds to scale five stories and pull him to safety. And as you saw, it it turned out to be a great ending for the little boy and a wonderful start to a new life for his rescuer. He's the right person in the right place at the right time to bring about a good ending. We're in the second week of this message series I've called Good Endings, and as I was uh, telling those of you who were here last week about an experience I had seven years ago when I was first appointed here. Uh, prior to my appointment, I had met with several people or committees from the church, and I was thinking about all these stories that they were telling me about people that, they, that I hadn't yet met, and along with that, all the stories and the history of the two churches, and I, I was thinking how um, you all were halfway or three-quarters of the way through a book, and I was coming in in the middle being written into the story uh, of this church. And that experience uh, caused me to bring the first message series here, a series that I called Good Beginnings. Um, Since I started my ministry here with a series called Good Beginnings, I thought that I would end by talking about good endings and what makes a good ending to our ministry here together. But on a wider scale, we're also looking at what Scripture says about Um, how we can all write good endings to the different chapters that come about in our life. So in this series, we're looking at three elements found in Scripture that make for great endings. And last week, we looked at the first element, and the focus of that message was that good endings leave us hopeful. Um, Hope is essential to a good story, isn't it? If you don't have hope at the end of the story, then it wasn't a good story. And when God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and then raised him to life again, God wrote the most powerful, most hope-filled, good ending ever. Last week, we talked about how we can help others uh, have a good ending as well by grounding people's faith in Jesus Christ, making sure we've made provision for the future, and then looking ahead to that day when we'll all stand around the throne of God and see the fruit that Uh, has come out of our time together here. Um, But there's another essential that we see in Scripture to good endings, and that's resolve. Good endings leave you resolved. 
Uh, as you watch this young man climbing after that four-year-old, he's climbing with resolve, isn't he? Uh, he's going to do all that he can to keep this child from falling. And I like the response in an interview that he gave when someone asked him if he was afraid while he was climbing. And he said, no, the more I climbed up higher, the more courage I had to climb higher. And um, he was resolved to go until he had that little boy in his arms. And here's the interesting outcome of these kind of heroic acts. When we see something like this, it makes us want to live with that same kind of courage and determination. We, we know that the story could have turned out in so many tragically different ways if he hadn't acted as quickly and resolutely as he did. And we hope that we would have that same kind of courage in life situations that we face. And we can get that same kind of feeling as well when we go to an inspirational movie. Have you ever gone to a movie and then you just leave wanting to be more like that person um, in the story? And if you think about what makes these movies, movies so inspiring uh, or so moving, it's because the lead character or a group of characters lived in such a committed way that by the end of the story, you want to be like them, uh, to live in the same noble or good or uplifting and resolved kind of way. A good ending is one where you walk away from the theater and you're inspired to write a good story with your life, one that exemplifies that same kind of compassion that you saw or that same kind of commitment or those values or that love for Jesus Christ or that commitment to honor God that you saw in their story. And we can all write a good story with our lives, but it requires resolve. It will at times require determination. Today, we've got, I've got three ways that we can live with greater resolve that I want to share with you. The goal of the message is that we would all be resolved to write a good story with our lives but also that we would be resolved to write a good ending in the next few weeks as a church uh, for our time, not your time. Uh, since resolve is such an important good ending to good endings, uh, we're going to look at three things that we need to know and three things we need to do to write a good story with our lives. So number one, there in your message notes, uh, to write a good ending, to have more resolve, we need to, you need to know your purpose and passionately pursue it. To be resolved, you need to know your purpose and passionately pursue it. Jesus knew why he had come and what God had sent him to accomplish with his life and his death. And in Luke 9.51, we read, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus was resolved to fulfill his purpose regardless of the, cross, of the cost. And if you think about the Garden of Gethsemane, that night when he was praying and the disciples fell asleep and the guards weren't there yet, um, he could have gotten up from his prayer and just slipped away into the night. But it was love that kept him them there. Love for God, love for you that caused him to stay and pray, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He loved his father. He loved you and me so much that he was determined to complete the work that he'd been given. And because he didn't quit, 
because he was faithful to what God asked of him, God raised him to life, and through his death he gave us life, and his resolve brought about a good ending that God had in mind. You and I are created with purpose, and over the course of your life, God will have you in various places at various times to accomplish his work in that place and at that time. And, you know, it's highly unlikely, no, it's impossible, that I would be that person to climb the building. I mean, the most I could hope for would be to break his fall at the bottom. <laughs> That's just, it would take me 30 seconds to just get a handhold. But God puts other kinds of opportunities in front of me every day, and he puts them in front of you, where we have to decide if we'll live with, the, with resolve in the way that Jesus lived and taught us to live, to, to keep his commandments, uh, to do good for others. We all want to see God do great things through us, don't we? Good outcomes happen when we give our all. Jesus lived with passion. He modeled passionate living, and it's the kind of life that you and I were made to live. Uh, look at Romans 12:11. And Paul, the writer of the book of Romans, he was somebody that lived with an exceptional amount of passion and wholeheartedly for God. I mean, he just went uh, above and beyond. And in this passage, he's spurring us on to, to live passionately and resolutely. Uh, he says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor uh, and I just encourage you to circle that word keep because that tells me that zeal and passion are something that you can lose, that you have to be intentional about keeping those things. Uh, we can lose our zeal for the Lord. God created every one of us uh, to be passionate people. But the problem is that life can sometimes steal our passion. There are problems, there are pressures. There are stresses in life that sort of drain that zeal and passion out of us. And, and it takes resolve and determination to keep your passion while the twists is throughout the twists and turns of life, especially those that we, that we aren't that happy about. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think God has you here at this church right now at this point in its story? What do you... Um, have what what part do you have in allowing God to use you to write a good ending right now and then a good beginning as Mickey comes? Why are you here in this church right now? What is your part? What is your role? And as Forrest and I are, are moving on and you receive a new pastor, I encourage you to be resolved to continue in the ministries that you're in involved in. Uh, to helping the church in whatever way you can during this transition um, by knowing and fulfilling your purpose in God's story with resolve and with passion. Be resolved to know and live out God's purpose for your life. And then number two, know your priorities and put first things first. Uh, to live re with resolve, you have to know what you're resolved about, right? <laughs> You need to know what your priorities are. And before Jesus headed to Jerusalem, he had this conversation with uh, his friends, 
And he asked them a question. It's found in Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but, my, but, my father, uh, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of death will not overcome it. So, so Peter makes this faith-filled, uh, deeply insightful statement of, about Jesus. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He gets it. And Jesus affirms him. He lets him know that God is the one who's revealed this to him. Is that something he thought of or something he told him? Only God can make you be aware of this. But then there's this dramatic turn in the story. Jesus begins to tell his friends about what's going to happen to him and the difficult road that's ahead of him. He tells them that he's going to be arrested, that he'll be beaten, that he'll be killed. And this doesn't fit Peter's plan at all. Uh, this isn't a good ending. And Peter wasn't about to let things play out uh, as Jesus had described them. And he tells, that, tells him so. He says, Jesus, this isn't going to happen to you under my watch, right? Or something along that line. Um, look at Jesus' response in verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Peter, Peter was acting with resolve, but his priorities weren't God's priorities. He was seeing things from a human point of view, and, and this can be true of us of, as well. We can get caught up in seeking our own goals, our own dreams, and things that don't really make an eternal difference. Jesus said that we can actually get in the way of God's purposes when we don't make the things of God and God's vision for us a priority in our life. And, and this plays out differently for all of us, uh, and we're all at different places in our life story. We have to have resolve to make the kingdom of God and living the way that Jesus taught us our number one priority. And then number three, we have greater resolve when we know and act on God's promises. When we know and act on God's promises. I think most of us want to live faith-filled lives uh, like we see in these inspirational movies. I, I know that I want to respond to life's little challenges with great faith. But sometimes I don't lack, but sometimes I don't because I lack the faith that's needed. And we will have more resolve when we know and act on God's promises. The good endings that we see in these true-to-life movies we've seen come about because someone had the courage to act on what they believe about God. Um, Jesus promised to be with us. He's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us. And you can trust him in whatever situation you find yourself in right now and in the days ahead as a church. God wants to write a good story with our lives. But sometimes we get tricked into writing bad stories 
because we aren't living the kind, with the kind of faith that the Bible heroes had. We all have chapters in our story that we wish we could erase, right? We can't do that. But here's the good news. Um, we can pick up the story at any point and change the direction of it. We can write a new story. And my prayer is that wherever you've been in the past, wherever you are right now in your relationship with Jesus Christ, that you'll intentionally, resolutely um, live for his glory. And that, uh, as a church, during this transition, we can be resolute in finishing our ministry together as well. So as you think about the transition that we're facing right now as a church, what is your greatest fear or concern around that? There's a line there in your message notes to write that down. What's your biggest fear or your concern right now? Okay. Now, what promise of God can you think of that you can act on that will help you during this time of transition? On, on the back of your message notes, I created a list of promises for times of change. And I, I've given you a list of God's promises before. This is one that I specifically created for this message. It's a list of promises for times of transition. And as you look down through there, I, I would encourage you to pick one of those or pick one that God brings to your mind, but to memorize it and uh, whenever you're worried or concerned about that thing, to, to just repeat it. And a promise that I'm relying on in Scripture uh, from is from Philippians 1.6. And this is what I'm clinging to as for us, and I move on, and God does the next new thing here in this church. Philippians 1.6 1, says, And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within us, the, the God that's been at work here for the last seven years, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is good, and we can trust him to bring about a good ending and a good beginning as we lean into his promises and live with resolute, resolutely for his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you uh, for this group of people that love you, love your church, and I pray for them, God, in the days ahead as, as we make this transition. I pray that you'll help all of us to be resolute and having a good ending. And, and that your Holy Spirit would be at work here to bring about a good beginning and, then a, and continue the good story that you've been writing over the last hundred and some years. We just thank you, God, so much for all that you've done in the past. It helps us to know that you're going to be present and working in the present and in the future. And, and we just turn everything into your hands and put it all uh, into your hands and ask that you use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.